Hello my dudes, my name is Tiffany. Welcome back to my series, Internet Analysis, where I like to research and discuss things relevant to social issues and media. Today, I couldn't be bothered to fix my bang. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm wearing a burrito blanket and we're continuing with part two of my discussions about commentary and drama channels. In part one I focused on commentary channels and kind of explained the spectrum between commentary and drama channels on YouTube as well as sharing many many of my favorite channels on YouTube. In this video I focus more on dramentary channels and drama channels and how they cover drama and how that affects the YouTube community and other issues. So I hope that you enjoy it. Here we go. So I am about to start my senior year of my media studies degree, hell yeah. And obviously my media studies classes inform my videos and often inspire my topics that I like to cover. But something that's been really important to me specifically is the concept of media literacy. And to me, that is all about what we get out of media and the importance of like being skeptical and critical of all media, whether it's created by people that we like and trust or not. It's always important to have that critical thinking and question what we're seeing and hearing. So I am gonna use a current situation as an example, the Nick Akato Avocado and Stephanie Sue situation. I'm not gonna summarize the drama, but there are tons of videos about it if you are inclined to hear about it. But I think that there's a typical pattern that this situation has definitely followed. First thing, tea is spilled. There is a dramatic reveal video. And this happened with Stephanie's Why I Am Scared of Nikocado Avocado video. I watched this 47 minute long video despite previous to this not knowing who Stephanie was. I don't watch mukbang content and I had only known about Nick from his drama from quitting veganism years ago and also his recent drama with Trisha Paytas. Anyway though, I was compelled by Stephanie's stories and the video honestly did make me dislike Nick. Overall, I believed her and I didn't respond to the situation publicly in any way, but I was just absorbing the information. Step two, audience reactions and response videos. On one hand, this is good because you can show support for someone. Like in this situation, if it appears that someone has been harmed, the audience can show their support. By the way, for this whole segment about the pattern of drama, I am using this situation as an example, but I have only seen Stephanie's first video and none of the follow-up videos or response videos after because this is not actually about 
my opinion on the situation. I'm just using it because it does largely follow this pattern. Though I must admit my immediate bias was and is to distrust Nick because He's just the type of person who's always involved in drama and I just naturally think that people who find themselves in all of these scandals and who are constantly exposing other people with receipts kind of seems like they like drama. So I'm not going to take them too seriously because that seems a bit toxic. Anyway, continuing. But remember that we've only heard one side of the story so far but already most people have picked that one side. We immediately believe that all the stories are true. We assume that all the receipts are real. Again, this applies not just to this situation, but also when Nick exposed Trisha or when Tati exposed James Charles. Most of us have the kind of instinct to immediately trust and believe these narratives right away. Any sociologists out there want to tell us why that is? Maybe psychologists. I don't know. And also because drama channels want to post about hot tea as soon as it is fresh and relevant, that makes them have to try to make a video as quickly as possible, like immediately, which doesn't leave much time for like processing or additional research or trying to verify if any of these claims are true. So then potentially misinformation could be getting boosted by these drama channels who are spreading it to all of the viewers of their videos. Step three. T channels post the clips and receipts of the situation. So this is an easy way to catch up on drama if you are not willing to watch a 47 minute long video about it. And it's also good if you want to kind of see the clips and receipts without watching the original videos. Like maybe you don't want to support the quote unquote bad person in the situation. You don't want to give them the views. But we have to remember that the clips are being taken out of their full context and the way that it's edited could potentially be misleading. Step four, you get a response from person number two. Whoever else is involved in this scandal will make their own video. In this situation, Nick. I refuse to call him Nick Ocado Avocado every time. Can I just say how obnoxious it is to make an hour and a half long response video to drama? Clearly, you know it'll get views and you're counting on people to watch the whole thing to get all the tea. So it's monetized, you've got ad breaks all throughout it, you're trying to max out the AdSense money, I get it. But seriously, who has the time? Aside from dedicated people who are willing to watch the whole thing, I hope that the average watch time is like four minutes. If you have something to say, you should be able to say it in a more concise way that does not necessarily take an hour and a half of you rambling. So another side of the story is told, more receipts are shown, the situation obviously gets more complex, and it's possible maybe person number one lied or maybe they didn't tell the whole story. Step five, more reactions, more response videos, more drama recaps. By the way, can I just say, I get so bored when I used to watch a lot of like drama kind of videos and the same channels would consistently cover the exact same topics every day. And I'm just not gonna watch five channels cover the same small situation. There's just, there's not enough to be said gets very stale, it gets very repetitive. And that's my beef with like daily drama content. There's just, it's not fulfilling to me. Anyway, as more and more videos and reactions get posted, obviously things are complicated, but still, can we truly believe wholeheartedly either or any of the people in these situations? Can we trust the receipts? 
we might still support person number one, despite the new information that came out. Or maybe we are flip-flopping and we don't know who to believe or what to believe. It gets complicated. Drama is messy. Any of us know, even in drama in your personal life, it is so hard to convince outsiders of what is the truth let alone revealing it all on the internet in this way. So a lot of YouTube drama tends to be kind of he said, she said. So it can be kind of hard to know who's right or maybe both people are in the wrong somehow. And also those situations tend to be the less serious ones. But then there are situations where it is very clear who is in the wrong. <clears throat> Onion boy. I'm really glad to see all the coverage about him and what he has done to people because that is a very important serious situation and he is a terrible person, to say the least. And importantly, the allegations against him have been corroborated by many different people in depth with receipts. And again, this is a situation where receipts aren't just a petty thing, but they're like a serious way to build an actual case against him. Is YouTube the new judicial system? I hope not because he deserves an actual trial and to go to actual prison. But anyway, this is where it's important to make the huge distinction between manufactured drama for the clout, as in what Trisha does always, versus actual serious problems that are not just a quick grab for views. I think YouTube is a good platform to potentially come out and say something about a serious issue. And sometimes it is important to bring it to a public platform for a number of reasons. There are benefits to it, but also clearly we have people who take advantage of YouTube for their own personal gain. So yeah. Step number six, involved people continue to make videos back and forth, giving new content for drama channels to recap, feeding the cycle. And then sometimes random other creators get involved, like Trisha in this situation with Nick and Stephanie. Step seven, by this point, most people either gave up and don't care about the drama anymore, or they're completely lost because there's too much going on, but still drama channels pump out videos and dedicated viewers will still watch. People live for drama, it's intense, it's juicy. So that's what I think is a summary of the typical drama cycle on YouTube. And it is very easy to get caught up in kind of the excitement of the drama, the juiciness of all the fresh tea. Again, even those of us who don't always enjoy this drama, we can sometimes get wrapped up in it too. It's human nature. But dude, this is real life. This is somebody's real life. Or maybe it's all fake. We don't know. And that's why it's so important for us to re-examine how we interact with this drama. And if we're even going to interact with it, are we gonna watch it? Are we gonna support it? Are we going to talk about it? The wild thing is, good or bad, drama is good for business, you know? Whether you're involved in it directly or you're just making videos about it, you're probably gonna get some views. Is this me being a hypocrite again? Because here I am making a video about drama videos. On one hand, I can say I think it's important to acknowledge some of these situations and some of these larger issues. Like with the Stephanie and Nick thing, I think that brings up an important point about consent and communication and the importance of voicing your concerns when they're happening. The point being not to beat yourself up or blame yourself after something has happened because you didn't speak up or leave in the moment. Beating yourself up is not gonna do any good, but having that time to reflect and know that in future situations, you should probably remove yourself from that situation or find other strategies to try to protect yourself. As always, there's an element of personal responsibility, the things that we can do to kind of protect or defend ourselves versus the importance of other people not being shitty people. 
but you can't always count on that. Nick was wrong to pressure her and guilt trip her. So anyway, yes, this drama does have some actual important takeaways, things that people can learn from watching this video. So in some ways, I think we can make larger points about the drama that happens online. We can boost things that need attention. And as a commentary channel, I definitely think that it's important to interact with and to discuss other things that happen online. YouTube and social media are not vacuums. I think it's very important to have this feedback system and to respond not just in comments, but for those of us who make videos or blogs or any other kind of responses, it's important for us to discuss these things. They are relevant. But again, that's why I personally like to use some drama situations as jumping off points, but then focus on larger discussions, make a bigger point about it rather than just hyper analyzing and digging deep into two people's drama. There is just so much going on on the internet and on YouTube. There is endless stuff to discuss that I think it's just a little boring and lazy to focus on these tiny little dramatic catfights. I mean, again, some drama is more serious than others. Typically, a lot of this drama is really dumb and should not be covered as extensively as it is. Also, if you're not trying to make daily recap videos as soon as there's fresh hot tea, then we can wait for the whole situation to settle, to get all the information out, to hear all the sides, and then we can make kind of a deep dive video with all of the information that is present rather than jumping the gun and trying to make a video right away. For example, I can admit I messed up when I joined in on the James Charles Dramageddon situation. I knew it was gonna be a good thing and honestly I was like, hey, I'll make a video about this. It's a hot topic. So I rushed the video, which I usually do not do, and I tried to just throw something up there. And then guess what? A few days later, more information came out. I was wrong about a few things, and I no longer agreed with the video, so I took it down, and I had to admit that I was wrong to even make it in the first place. By the end of the whole James Charles Dramageddon scandal, everything was flipped, everything we thought was true in the beginning, we had different information, and that just goes to prove that we cannot take everything at face value as it comes out. We can't accept everything as truth and perfectly fair and balanced. Even when we do hear all the sides of the story, we still are probably just more confused about what actually happened than we were in the first place. But anyway, as commentary or drama channels, I think we have a responsibility to admit when we are wrong. And believe me, we are wrong. It definitely happens. And also, delete those videos. It doesn't make sense to keep up blatant misinformation and have that still be monetized. Quickly, I wanna to touch on the concept of journalism because sometimes I hear drama channels say that they report the news and I think we need to be very careful about comparing drama videos, tea videos to journalism. I mean, technically they could fall under the umbrella of what is considered journalism, but journalism implies a kind of level of legitimacy and fairness that I don't think is necessarily present in all drama or even commentary videos. I am saying this as someone who is not a journalist. I haven't even taken a journalism course, though I would like to, but I know that journalism has a code of ethics and I know that journalists have studied and trained and practiced because they know that there is a major responsibility in reporting on and spreading information to the masses. That is not something that we should take lightly, though on social media it happens all the time. 
any journalists or journalist students out there, please correct me, but I found these five core principles of journalism from the Ethical Journalism Network that I think is important to consider in the context of online content, especially drama and commentary. First, truth and accuracy. Second, independence, as in not being influenced by special interests, or there's a rumor going around that some tea or drama channels are paid by certain creators to cover things in a certain way. I don't know, that's alleged, but it's possible. Three, fairness and impartiality. Everybody has a bias, of course, but it's important to try to put that aside and look at things as objectively as possible if you're trying to present an objective, unbiased perspective. Four, humanity. Journalists should do no harm. What we publish or broadcast may be hurtful, but we should be aware of the impact of our words and images on the lives of others. That's very relevant. Five, accountability. Hold ourselves accountable. Drama and commentary channels talk all day long about holding other people accountable, but holding ourselves accountable is equally as important. When we commit errors, we must correct them, and our expressions of regret must be sincere, not cynical. So if we really wanna go there and compare drama and commentary channels to actual news media, you know, I don't think it would be a stretch to call most drama content similar to gossip magazines or entertainment news or tabloids. Speaking of, some people were asking me how I would classify Philip DeFranco's channel, and initially I wanted to be like, hot take, he's a drama channel because he does cover a lot of YouTube drama, but he doesn't just cover YouTube drama, he covers kind of YouTube news, internet news, so I would actually classify him as more of an entertainment news channel. Sometimes though he does cover even more serious topics that aren't about entertainment at all. I don't watch a ton of Philip DeFranco, but occasionally I will watch one of his videos, and I think that he is one of the best YouTube news channels that we have. I'm sure some drama channels aim to be accurate and fair and spread as much truth as possible, but also there are definitely some drama channels that will do anything to get clicks. And then I think it's easy to say that commentary videos generally just fall under the opinion umbrella, and I think commentary videos are best when people make it clear what are the facts, or at least the alleged facts, the truth as far as we know it, and then make a clear distinction and make it obvious when they are talking about their own opinions on the subject. Again though, I don't expect YouTubers to act like trained journalists because most of us are not and we shouldn't be. That's not the point of YouTube as a platform, but we should be clear and careful in how we present ourselves and our content. Though we are not formal news organizations, if you have viewers, you have influence and influence has great responsibility. Quickly, let's touch on bullying and canceling because sometimes I hear, especially in regards to drama channels or commentary channels, there are a lot of bigger creators that get targeted and they'll tend to say that this criticism or coverage of their drama is hate or it's bullying. However, there is one side of YouTube that I don't quite understand and I'm not really quite sure I will ever understand it. There are people out there on YouTube who make videos tearing other YouTubers down. They don't know these people in real life. They've never met these people in real life. And I don't think that is true. I don't think that criticism is automatically hateful. But if there is a line that can be crossed, where is it? Do you guys remember when Jake Paul accused Cody Ko of being a bully? This guy, Cody Ko, is a bully. He's a cyber bully. You're cyber bullies kids, bro. Kids? You're, You're cyber bullies kids, bro. I don't like that. Which kids? 
I don't like cyber bullies, and you're a cyber bully. I'm sorry. That was some cringy shit. Cody doesn't do that's cringe videos in a mean-spirited way, but still, let's entertain that question. Even when content, the content that he makes fun of, was posted publicly, it's fair game, is it wrong to make fun of or laugh at that content and kind of put it on blast when you know that millions of people are gonna see it? Is that bullying? When we as content creators of any size post content, we never post it expecting it to randomly go viral or blow up or be put on blast by Cody Ko, though maybe you hope so. But that is the risk in putting content up publicly. My heaters are starting to hiss, so I'm just gonna try to rush through the rest of the video before the audio gets unbearable. The thing is, I definitely enjoy That's Cringe. I love that series. I, and I think usually Cody tries to befriend the subjects afterward and make sure there's no hard feelings. And from what I've seen, a lot of the people who have been featured haven't necessarily felt hurt or been offended by his reactions but it is still something to consider when we're making reaction type content. You might be making it at the expense of that person. But I have a question. Do we consider that's cringe to not be bullying just because we like Cody and Noelle? You know, like what if we didn't like them? Then would we see it as bullying? I don't know. Though there definitely are some reaction channels and content um, that definitely is more mean-spirited and does intend to hurt people. So that would definitely be considered bullying. One of my friends actually recently asked me if I felt bad for calling out a YouTuber and mentioning their drama in one of my videos. And that really hit me because I really try to not be mean or attack people in my videos. But yes, I am critical. Still though, the thought of hurting someone really does upset me. Like I was emo for the rest of the day after they asked me that because that's not what I want my content to do. I don't want that to be the purpose of my content. But at the same time, should I sacrifice my content and avoid talking about any of those topics or talking about any specific creators for the sake of never potentially hurting someone's feelings? I don't think I could do that. So that's why I think overall it's important to make sure that we're not attacking people as people because I don't think we can make that judgment. You don't know these creators online, but I think it is fair to judge and criticize someone's content and their online behavior, because that's what we see. Again, though, I think we need to be very careful about the conclusions that we make. And last thing, I know we're tired of talking about and hearing about so-called cancel culture, but quickly, I recommend ContraPoints' new video on canceling. It's actually more like a film because it's literally feature length. I Loved that video. I watched it on a plane and it was one hour and 40 minutes of pure entertainment and it really, really is a nice nuanced take and a very, very deep dive on canceling and the process, how the whole thing can evolve. Again, I am all for criticism and personal accountability and people apologizing when necessary, but we need to stop jumping the gun to try to cancel people. Canceling people usually does not do anything good. It doesn't really leave any room for genuine apologies or growth, and it's just exhausting. And also let's please stop rejoicing in, let's stop enjoying and having fun with scandals and drama. I'm guilty of this too, but we need to work on this and check ourselves and realize that's not something to celebrate about. Now that the hissing is really going, it's like my outro music is just shitty audio. Anyway, that's my video. I hope you enjoyed it. Please remember that you can like something and be critical. We love critical thinking, baby. Just try to make your constructive criticism constructive.
duh. I hope you enjoyed this video. I hope the drama channels don't come for me. If you wanna check out more of my content, you can watch my vlog channel, my second channel for other things. You can find my podcast, Previously Gifted. I'm gonna try to make more episodes in 2020, but no promises. <coughs> There's always a point in the end of the video where my voice is gone and I can speak no more. Follow me on Instagram for some mediocre pics and occasionally some nice pics. Like I got this photo shoot with my boyfriend and we have cute pictures now. You can follow me on Twitter for some political tweets, Bernie 2020, hell yeah. That's it, thanks so much, subscribe. I can't believe we're gonna hit 500,000. That makes me actually wanna throw up with excitement. Okay, thanks, bye.